This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited for our episode today. So for the past couple of episodes, just to paint the picture for you, share what we've been doing. We have been talking about entrepreneurship a bit, and I brought people in who were are balancing entrepreneurship with being mothers and taking good care of themselves. So hopefully you saw how they're juggling all those things, and I got to give you some insights as an entrepreneur to different things that you can weave into your business um, to help you grow in the way that you're needing. And so... If you haven't sort of seen what we're doing around here, so we are always talking about productivity, but we're talking about it from a such a different angle, right? We're talking about feminine productivity. We're talking about what it's like to bring our feminine energy into all the things that we do each day. And I've noticed that there's some pillars of things that women tend to focus on. And, you know, my audience, a lot of you are entrepreneurs. So I gave some airtime to entrepreneurship and we'll be back with more entrepreneurship conversation in the early fall. And now I'm going to move us into talking about different aspects of parenting. And it's interesting because if you're an entrepreneur or you're working or you're just entrepreneurial, you might give a lot of your days to getting things done for your job, for your company, for your life, all the different pieces. And parenting is one of those things that we just, I think, kind of assume that we're supposed to know how to do. I feel like a lot of those supposed to know things fall into women's laps. And I just have not found that true. Yes, I love being a mom. Yes, I was actually one of those children who thought about this at an early age and had dolls and all the things. And I know that not every wonderful mom had that. Like not everybody even had that thought. And as having someone who had that thought, it does not make it any easier. I didn't learn all the things. And when we're starting to have children and learn about, you know, having kids, it's so focused on material goods and those that first year. And then there just becomes a point when you're kind of just, all right, now you got it. And, you know, as parents, we should all be chuckling because we all know that it changes 
from year to year to year, from moment to moment to moment, and from different phase or thing that's going on to different thing, right? So just because I learned how to teach my kid how to ride a bike in a certain way, or how to balance work and motherhood when I had three basically toddler and preschool age kids, right? I learned how to do that. It's very different having three teenagers. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not off the hook. It's just different. And it's intense in a whole different way, right? So I thought we'd spend some time looking at different aspects of parenting for the next couple of weeks. I I noticed that this is something that we need to make time and space for. The learning, the leaning in, and sometimes the learning, a lot of what we're going to talk about today By the way, I don't even think I told you who we're speaking to, but we're talking with the amazing Robin McMain, and I'll introduce her in one second. But we're going to be talking about, among other things, how not to take what our kids do personally. And the subtleness of this is that that takes time for many of us, because it's so easy to take it personally. And so how do we set ourselves up to not do that? How do we make quiet down and take breaths with our kids, which we'll get more into in a little bit, we need to make the time and space for it. And so that's where all of this comes into productivity. So when I'm talking productivity, I'm not just talking about, you know, the emails you're writing and the Instagram reels you're making and the, you know, thing that you're sitting down to write the ebook or the proposal like I'm not talking about that though we do talk about that I'm not only talking about that because if we only talk about that then we lose all the other parts of us that make us whole right so productivity includes our food and our wellness and our self-care it includes how we parent it includes how we're in any relationship with our spouse or our friends or our parents it includes how we navigate our home and so we're going to be talking about all those things on the podcast we do talk about all those things on the podcast in all of our 300 and something episodes we talked about that and what i'm doing right now is i'm just seeing what happens it's a little experiment if i sort of group some shows together and let us go a little deeper, a little broader into some topics one at a time. So we've just come out of entrepreneurship. We're moving into some episodes that are going to be more focused on different aspects of parenting. And then we're going to go into wellness and food. So we're just going to go on this journey and then we're going to keep repeating it. It just, it was a way for me to simplify my own system, to be quite honest, and also see if that makes a difference in how you get to use and consume this content. So I hope that's helpful. Always open for feedback, but that's why we're doing this. And so again, we're on a few weeks talking about parenting. So let me tell you a little bit about Robin, and then I have a few more announcements, and then we're going to get her on. Okay, so Robin is a certified parent coach. She's the author of The Yelling Cure. She's a podcaster and a speaker, and she works with parents from all over the world to help them build more connection and find more joy and cooperation in their parenting. She is a former, and she puts this in air quotes, angry mom. For over 12 years, she juggled a full-time corporate career while being a mom and a wife prior to becoming a parenting coach. And so she really understands firsthand how many moms really struggle because 
balancing work and family, it's, it's a thing. It's not easy, right? So she is here to support us. Robin's work focuses on building and strengthening the parent and child relationship so children can grow up with resilience, confidence, and a strong emotion, emotional intelligence. She works with parents to help them understand their own emotions and frustrations in parenting so that they can build their children's sense of self without losing themselves in the process. And you'll hear how clear and amazing she is in just a few minutes. And by the way, I am going to do a solo episode during this whole um, parenting series. So as you know, I'm now doing the interview on Wednesdays and the solo episode is coming out for the weekend afterwards. And sometimes they're related and sometimes they're not, but I am going to do an episode on a lot of how I've... um, I do a lot of what Robin's talking about and the work that that has taken and the time that has taken. So I really want to show you how I think about my days in order to fold in a lot of what she's talking about, Um, especially over the past couple of years when I had a kid who, you know, was having a really hard time and I had to really put in... I had to figure out where my focus was and I had to really be clear about how I wanted to spend my days. And I want to just tell you all about how I went through this process of not taking things too personally um, and really being there for my kid, right? So not taking things personally doesn't mean walking away and looking away. It actually means quite the opposite if you're doing the work. All right. But anyway, you'll understand more about that when we get Robin on the show. So a few announcements. Number one, If you're starting to listen to all these things on the podcast, and I do the podcast so that you have shortcuts in your life, so you have things that you don't have to Google and just ideas that you might not have that are going to help you to make whatever's going on in your life easier and more efficient from an energy perspective, especially, right? So that's that's why I talk to who I talk to. That's what I'm hoping I'm giving you. And there comes a point sometimes when we, you know, really want a lot. We want it all. We, we want to build these successful businesses. We want to not sacrifice our parenting in order to do that. We want to have amazing relationships and keep a home that makes us feel amazing when we walk in the door and eat food and move our bodies all in ways that keep making us feel amazing, right? And there comes a point when when we just can't do that alone. Like we can't get to the next level of that alone. And that is why I created Flow 365. That is really what I feel like we do around here. We we make it so that anyone who's decided, you I can't make you decide, but anyone who's really decided that Essentially, they want to have their version of it all. We become the program that helps you figure out how how to do that in your life, how to, how to do all the things, when to do all the things, and, and support you in moving toward them. Like not in a pushing, doing, I'm always busy kind of way, right? We're, we're the opposite of that. This is about how do we bring more ease into all of it? How do we relax? How do we use the ease and relaxation to make better choices? So if you're interested in learning more, if you ever want to go over any of these doable changes that you hear and really figure out how to weave one of them into your life and you just want feedback because feedback is what Flow 365 is about. That's 
that's where you you stop getting stuck because it's like you have your own board of directors for your life, not for your business, but for your life. And though we are a lot of entrepreneurs, so often business comes up, we're really focused on fitting business into life and how to live this whole life that really serves us. So if you want to know more about that, you want to ask me questions, you want to just go through a doable change, there's literally no pressure. It's just a way to have a chat, get into conversation, solve an issue, right? Have a plan to go forward in an efficient manner with me. I have opened up my calendar and I just don't know that everybody knows this. So I want to make sure that you do. And if you go to plansimple.com slash talk to Mia, you can make that appointment and you can come and we can talk for 20 minutes. And I can promise you that you will have this mini checklist of where you want to focus in the next day or two or week, depending on what we talk about, right? And I will check in back, I will check back in with you and see how it's going. So it's a way just to see what it's like to be a little bit more held in in your own life, just like you're holding everyone around you, whether it's your team, or your family, or your house or yourself together, right? It's it's a lot. And this is letting yourself be supported. All right. I think that's what I got to say today. We have a retreat coming up, by the way, in Flow 365 really soon. We have four or five of those a year. Um, and we have one coming up very soon. So it's a great time to jump in, I think personally, and make a plan for the end of summer into fall and really allow yourself to enjoy the time that you might be taking off, um, knowing what's coming up. And a lot of times what causes us stress is avoiding knowing (laughs) what's next. All right. That's what I got to say, because you guys, you're going to want to hear Robin. So let's get her on the show. Hey, Robin, welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. Hey, Mia, thanks for having me. It's so nice to talk to you again. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. And it's funny because, you know, around here, we cover a lot of topics because we're really talking about how to bring it all together into, you know, one holistic life. So I'm not always talking about parenting, even though it's like kind of my favorite thing in the whole wide world. Um, So it's so fun to be here with you talking about Topic. Yes, because it makes it <laughs> um, so my favorite topic. I, I know it's your favorite topic. So tell us, tell us a little bit about, tell us what you balance. Like, let's start with you and what you balance on a daily basis. So kids, work, all that stuff. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. So I balance um, my two teenage boys who I love so much and uh, are a challenge. And the reason I do the work that I do, they are my greatest gift. And- and can be quite a challenge. I balance those beautiful boys with the work that I do as uh, as a as a parenting coach and um, all all that that all that comes with that. Uh, I am a wife to my husband, who's my really my high school sweetheart. We went to prom together. We uh, you know we yeah we've known each other for a long time. Um, 
I also have a sister who currently has been really sick and has and has been in the hospital for oh, for no. a few months. So balancing going to see her and the drive is close to an hour, and so it's been tough. And my mom also lives with me, so taking my mom out to see her, taking care of my mom, making sure she's okay. I mean, she's pretty, she's fine, she's independent and everything. Um, and then um, you know, to top it all off, I have a beautiful Boston. Uh, terrier that we call a Boston terrorist because he's the best worst dog uh, in the world. Oh my God. He's the worst, but the best. Uh, And yeah, I think, I I mean, as a snapshot, that's what I deal with every day. That's what I balance every day. Oh my gosh. That's amazing (laughs) and unexpected. And I will share two similarities, which are, I think we're like, we might be two of the only people who, well, that's not true. I'm hoping there's a lot of other people, but who love our teens. I love this age. My favorite for so many reasons. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll get into that today. Um, And also I met my husband when I was in high school. So we share that in common. (gasps) How cool is that? Yeah, we do. That's that's very uh, cool. Yeah, I married I'm... right away. So we knew each other for 10 years. So we just celebrate. So we've known each other for 30. But we just celebrated our 20 year wedding anniversary, which was <gasps> our 20th is next year. Yeah. And uh, we have not been together this whole time. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> my first boyfriend when I was 16. And then there was there was a hiatus. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm really boring. There was no hiatus. But anyway, oh, my story. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, I want to you why it's <laughs> sometimes I, I threaten and I'm like you know there might have to be a hiatus later in life because you know <laughs> that's <laughs> funny that's funny. boring my whole life no it's it's so fun <laughs> so fun yeah all right yeah. so let's talk about the current state of parenting mm. <laughs> the current state of parenting I think I think parents are struggling yeah I think uh I think it's a tough time and here's what I want parents to know it's it's okay if you are and there's help for you if you are and it's okay to say I need help you know we I, I always I always talk you know when I talk to people about their careers and what they do. You know, people are very proud of the studying that they've done in their careers of, you know, what they have done to, to accomplish what they've accomplished. And, and I argue that the most important job we do is parenting and we do it without any studying, right? It's like, here's a human. No, no, no. Now go for it. (laughs) You know, what we do is like, how do you birth it? What car seat do you need? I mean, literally, like, it doesn't take you very far. The studying that we're doing when we have these humans in our stomachs. It's it's really true. And, you know, we we prepare for the birth, but not necessarily the lifetime. And this is a lifetime gig. You know, this isn't just until they're 18. And what what I focus on doing is making sure that we build a strong relationship with our kids so that as they grow, we we grow in our connection with them so they'll want to be with us. Yeah. Right. And and here's the thing, you know, when I when I talk about what we study and different things like that, what parents don't realize is that brain science is really important to understand and know where your child is in their brain and how the brain grows and develops. 
That's really important to understand developmental stages as well. So much of what our kids do at a young age is temporary and we freak out. And that's when we start to feel like we need to punish or correct behavior because we're afraid of what this behavior today means for tomorrow. And so I really just help parents to unravel the, the behavior they're seeing in their child and then also manage their side of things, why they get so angry, what are their triggers? Because the secret about parenting that nobody tells you is that all of the stuff that all of the experiences that you've had that have hurt you, most of which happens in childhood, a lot of which happens in childhood, it doesn't have to be, but a lot of it is, will come back when you're parenting your kids. Because just by being who they are, they're going to mirror to you what you need to heal. And so when you feel triggered and angry, that's a signal to say, okay, hold on. That's actually, you're yelling at or mad at the wrong person, yes, right? Absolutely. Your child is just being a child. Oh my yeah. gosh. I love that. I love that so much. I just want to like pause and let everyone just <laughs> take that in. <laughs> that's really important. Really yeah. important. Yeah. So important. And it's interesting because you know, I've always considered my job as a mom um, is to really let my kids become themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's really hard because, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. Like I live in this world just like everybody else does. And we're so conditioned to think certain things matter. And mm. I think part of the reason, like everything that's been hard for me in, in mothering and parenting has been me having to question th- things yeah. that I thought were supposed to be a certain way. And then my kids mm-hmm. showed up a different way than that way. <laughs> and, right. and I have to come to terms with that. Right. And I, you know, but that's on me, not on them. Exactly. Exactly. And, and look, it doesn't mean that we don't have boundaries with our kids. It doesn't mean that we can say, Hey, that's not okay. We don't do that. I'm, you can't talk to me like that. You know what? That's not okay to, you know, do this, that, or the other thing to your, your brother, your sister, the house, you know, to me, you, you, there are still boundaries and kids need boundaries. They need a strong scaffolding of support around them, right? They need to, they, because they're always looking up to us to see what to do, what to think, what to say, how to behave. So there's a lot of pressure on us too, right? And we're learning. It's like we're learning on the job. You know, even for me, I've never had a almost 17-year-old before and a 14-year-old before. I've never had kids those ages. So I'm still learning and growing. And this is not about perfection. And what you said about you know, letting them become themselves. What, what I, I love that. And, and what I, what I know what you mean by that is just honoring who they are, not trying to fit them into the box that you see them in and running your own agenda for them. Like you are such a talented athlete. So therefore you must play this, that, and the other sport. What if they just are a talented athlete and they don't want to? Oh, what do you do then? You know, that's like, okay, I got a question. So is this okay? You do have to question yourself because where did those expectations that you just, you know, you didn't say specifically what they are, but where did they come from? Are they even mine? Were they passed down to me? Did I get a message in my childhood? 
through my own upbringing that things must be a certain way, like a language, uh, a, a music instrument, and uh, a sport. You've got to master three of those things. <laughs> and, you know? and what happens is we, we're so busy running that agenda that we lose out on who our child really is and what they really want. And they won't just eventually, when they're old enough, because they will do this, they'll reject those things that we've made them do, and they'll also reject us. Yeah. That's the last thing we want. Right. All right. So let's unpack this a little bit. I feel so, so lucky that I have um, three teens who are like, (laughs) hug me every day, you know, like, so loving. Um, Mm. And part of me feels lucky. And part of me knows that it took a lot of work, you know, and and it was all on me, Mm. right? Like, I mean, nothing to do, you know, like, I, I take responsibility and it could go with different they're teenagers so there could be one day when that is not how they act but on the whole mm. <laughs> i feel very yeah. lucky to have kids that are close to me so mm. let's unpack that because i think that's i would love to hear just your thoughts and just and have a discussion on it it was it was a very different process i think than i i thought because a lot of what i had to do early on <laughs> was not fight, that's not the right word, but keep my own boundaries, even though society was telling me I should be doing something different and really trusting that my intuition was spot on for my particular kids, right? So Mm -hmm. I didn't sign them up for a ton of stuff, even though everybody around me was signing their kids up for a ton of stuff. Did I have thoughts Mm -hmm. like, what if my kid doesn't get into college because he didn't do soccer when he was five? Absolutely. (laughs) Like regularly, (laughs) but you know, I didn't, I tried not to pass (laughs) that back to them. And my first is going to college. So I can say he did not play soccer when he was five and he still got into a very good college. And actually he became an athlete, not, not in soccer, but, (laughs) but he became a rower. So it's like, oh wow, yeah, he's like, he's like a, he's, you know, he's, he's a, he's an, I would have never thought he would be an athlete. I would never thought I was setting him up to be an athlete um, because I said no to that for so long um, to protect myself. And then, you know, he found his thing and it was fine. And it was, he wasn't behind and he's amazing. And so it's always interesting to me. How I want to ask you yeah. a question. Though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> why did you say, why did you say no to it? Why, why didn't you sign them up for tennis when everybody else because wanted to? I had this instinct that we just needed to keep it simple. And that in order for mm. me to show up as the best version of myself as a mother and um, really be able to hold space for my kids that I couldn't be running all over everywhere. You know, I had three kids pretty close. And I was like, I just can't be at all these places. Um, and there was a point, you know, once they started choosing things, which was much closer to high school, where I, you know, did run around and could run around it. And I could see how it stretched me. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. so, yeah. so I was, I was grateful for that. But it was really intuitive. You know, it was, it was an intuitive okay. hit, I found great parenting teachers, um, mm. who, you know, sort of facilitated that in me. And I just trusted, you know, I just trusted that it was going to be okay. I didn't, I didn't let my kids on, um, they didn't have phones till high school. Mm-hmm. I never let them mm-hmm. on social, social media. And weirdly, my, my high school girl right now never got it. <laughs> I mean, she has a phone, mm-hmm. but she never got into social media. Um, long after I said, you know, fine. So, so it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's this interesting mix of like boundaries for ourselves, like, so that we can show mm-hmm. up as the person our kids need us to show up. I mean, that's what I've found. 
Yeah, I was curious what your answer was going to be because I think it's a very different energy. You, you, your energy was one of connection and look, I know my limits and this is the boundary. I will not run around all over. It's too much for me. And therefore, I know I can't show up as the best mom that I want to be. Yes. Excuse me. Versus, you know, and that's why I asked is, you know, was it brought on by fear? Was it like, nope, I'm not going to be that kind of mom because I don't want to do this. I don't want to see, you know, I don't want my kids to be like this. No, it sounded to me like you you, you were really... Yeah. And so I think that that's running your own agenda too, if you come from fear. Yeah. You know, I think that any time you're coming from fear, whether you're signing them up for everything or you're not, what is your intention? Yeah. What's your intention? That's really the most important and powerful thing. I love that. I love that. Let's talk about how to get to that place of like mm. understanding as a parent who, who we're not taught, you know, what kids need. Yeah. Like how do we, what, what are some of your tools for getting to a place where we're really understanding how to make choices. Well, I think it starts with us listening. Yeah. I think we're so focused on what we have to say, our own anxiety, our own worries that we actually miss that that's a human being beside us and they have their own thoughts and ideas and dreams and needs, urges, you know, they they need to move, they need to stay, they need to play, you know, they need to explore and it you know, one of the things that I always say to parents too is just slow down a little bit. Yeah. Just slow down. Like just get quiet and slow down and just be with your child. You know, when you stop talking, they really will talk to you, provided you have a good relationship. You don't put them down when they talk. You 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 listen without judgment. You listen to understand, ask questions to understand, you know, not to 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 judge, yeah. to criticize, you know, none of that. So when you really listen, it not only opens up a space for them to tell you who they are, you pick up on other cues and it builds connection because it feels good when your mom and dad listen to you. It feels really good. You know, makes it makes kids feel like, oh, what I have to say matters. Yeah. So interesting. And I, I think I, I, this is like a huge generalization, but from the people I've met, I think this is a new skill set maybe that our generation is kind of catching on to for our kids. So I feel like a lot of us yeah. don't necessarily have that as much. No, parenting is I didn't. I mean, I know I didn't, but I also know hundreds of clients who didn't either. Um, yeah. So it's interesting, like how that you know, how that really does shift things and how it's not necessarily what was modeled for us. So, you know, well, whether we like it or not, we are going to parent the way we were parented. It's like, that's how we're programmed. And so unless we're willing to learn things that we, that are not taught, you know, openly and, you know, that, that are not sort of taught in popular society and the way that we do things, unless we are willing to be more intentional, question why we're doing the things that we're doing. But when we're just on autopilot, not being intentional, we will default back to the way we were parented, right? And that often means putting kids down, not listening to them, using punishments, threats, rewards. 
And here's the thing, punishments, threats, rewards may work in the short term, but later on when you're in our shoes, <laughs> me and I are in the same boat right now with teenagers, yeah. you never learn how to influence, right? And they don't want anything to do with you. And we don't want to ruin our relationship because as kids get older, the stakes get higher yeah. and they need us as much now than ever, even though they say like, help me hold me, but don't touch me. <laughs> you know, it's very confusing. <laughs> Sorry, dog is going to bark. Like I said, I have a Boston terrorist. I know all about it. <laughs> Hold on one Let me just make sure somebody. Yeah. All right. I think we're good. It's real life. The dog barks. The teenager comes home. It's all real. <laughs> I'm in the it thick is, of it. <laughs> it is. Right here too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so let's let's talk a little bit about so so you were sharing before we went on air that one of the things that you're up to right now is also working um in, in work settings, teaching parenting yeah. because parenting affects how we show up at work. And, you know, totally. around here, I'm always thinking about how everything works together, right? So it's like we have, we have our own wellness as, as the person listening, the mother, we have a home usually that we're taking care of, we have, you know, in your case, you you know, you have your mom at home, you're taking care of your sister, like we have all these things that we're doing, uh, and our kids. Um you know, I have, I think most of us also, like you mentioned, getting quiet. So part of what we're always planning for around here is that that quiet piece and, and how to have that quiet and how to have sort of a spiritual practice or a meditation practice or something like which mm-hmm. all these things that we usually let go of and work. And I think it's really important how they all affect each other, how they all, um, yeah, how they're just all working together. Because I think one of the reasons, you know, nobody wants to read another parenting book, <laughs> you know, nobody, and no one thinks they have time to read another parenting book. And we just assume that if we have these humans, we should know what to do with them. Oh. Right. And I think that just makes it so hard because we don't. And, and, and that's the biggest misconception is that we should know why, why should we, how, how should we? Yeah. Because what the human race has been around for how long? We should know. I mean, that is the biggest bunch of crap, if you don't mind me saying that, that ever. And yes, the human race has been around, but let's not forget we are more isolated now than ever, especially over the last two years. You know, we have been left to our own devices. Stress has never been greater. Burnout has never been greater. That's why people are leaving their their jobs because they're saying, you know what, I don't want that commute anymore. I do want to be home for dinner. I do want to make soccer games, you know, different things like that. So there's all of this stuff that's happening as well. And what I know for sure, and and before I was in this world, I was in marketing for, for a long time for a really, really big global company. And, you know, it was like, 
you know, if, if stuff is happening at home, like leave it at home. Right. Well, what if, and, and I have one of my boys is, is, is non neurotypical. He's, he, he, he has a lot of extra stuff going on and it was really hard for me to parent him. And it still is a challenge to this day to, 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 to get through to him, to guide him, all of that stuff. And, you know, I was exhausted as a parent, as, as, as a professional too. And so what I do is work with companies that have employees that are parents. So most companies do. And here's, here's the reason why, because if we can solve and understand and have tools for the incivility that we're facing at home, you know, the kids that don't listen, the kids that fight going to bed, the kids that keep coming into our bed and that makes us exhausted and we can't sleep, you know, when we can't get out the door on time in the morning, when, you know, when there's all of these other things going on, when the school calls you because your child had another meltdown or hit somebody else, that all takes away our ability to focus, to be productive, to be energetic at work. And so that also affects the company. So when we have families that are thriving where parents have tools with no shame, with no criticism that they need that 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 we need some help. It's complicated. Look, none of us have ever grown up with devices. We need help. Yeah. Just in that one area. We also have kids that have, you know, once you have a device, it 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 gives them access to pornography, to being a uh, a target, a victim. You know, there's all of these things that we have to deal with now that we don't have the skills for because we just didn't know. So today's world is different. But when we have families that are thriving together, that is great for a community, right? That is great for our future. My podcast is called Parenting Our Future for that reason. And it's also about when communities are thriving, the economy thrives and businesses do well. It helps everybody. When your employees are happy, your company works more smoothly, right? You're more profitable. Everything works better when people are happier and in a better space. And what I love about the lessons that I teach in parenting is they're really universal. What makes a great parent in the workplace makes a great leader. And moms especially bring to a workplace skills that are really unmatched. The ability to multitask, the ability to have some soft skills like empathy, listening, right? The ability to problem solve. We naturally have those abilities, especially heightened when we have kids. And those are really good for the workplace. So I know a lot of women feel that there is this motherhood penalty, but actually we need to embrace how great we are, how valuable we are in the workplace. So um, I'm really passionate about that. I I really am. And I was not treated as well. Uh, You know, in my workplace, I, you know, for various different reasons. And, you know, I saw women being held back. Yeah, I love that. And so now I'm going to share a story. So I love that because so and I'm not in the workplace, obviously, (laughs) I'm an entrepreneur, and I've been an entrepreneur pretty much all through motherhood. Um, And um, I this year got tested in a way that I, you know, didn't know I would have to be tested (laughs) in motherhood. Um, because it tested my work 
Um, so, you know, my story is that, you know, we started, I started off with a, a different company, but eventually I got into health um, and wrote a book about food and families. And then, which, you know, cause I've, I've talked to you on your podcast, but yes. then, um, you know, I moved into this planning piece of it all and how to put all the pieces together. Um, and lo and behold, in the pandemic, um, with one of my daughters, who I'm very close to, she really had a mental health crisis um, and decided yeah. not to eat and got a full blown oh. eating disorder. And it was really hard. And not only did it question like my mothering, which I guide people on all the time, um, but it also mm. really had me questioning, like it had me questioning everything. But what was yeah. so interesting interesting is that I really, you know, I, I had enough tools that I trusted my intuition and my intuition was to deeply listen to her and to just, and that we could do it. Like I, I kept reaching out to people and like nothing was working. So I got myself super supported <laughs> so that my, so, like, so that my internal system was always calm and I was just a hundred percent there for her and hundred percent there for everyone in our house. And meanwhile, you know, I, I have a company that sees clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Focus so um clearly on that. And it 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 expanded everything. So it expanded my work. It expanded how I could show up for people. It expanded how productive I was. Um, I wrote better. I coached better. Um, I like couldn't have seen that. And and it's and it's interesting because I am you know a woman in this society just like everybody else. Even though I've really leaned into this motherhood piece over the course of my coaching career, um, you know I'm I'm part of it as well. And I. It really helped me see, like, I could see the places where I backed off as a mom, like, because I didn't think it was, you know, if I was talking to a male client, um, you know, I didn't think it was strong to like lead with that. You know what I mean? Like, I can see where we step back and we hide. And in that moment, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I was like, this is the best asset I have. Like the fact that I can like figure out how to show up for this kid right now, like this wow. is by far like better than anything. Thing. And so it's just, it's so interesting how interrelated all these are. So I love that you're doing that. I love that, that, that all those things are working together because I just think the better we are at home, but the, also the more we can bring how that is into the workplace, it's just going to make the world. It makes the world a better place. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. Not that I think that I we're probably mothering all these people in our workplace that need some mothering. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And I want to say too, you know, our kids are going to go through stuff. Yeah. It is not a measure of Us. our worth as a mom, you know, or, or a dad, if, if dads are listening, it, it doesn't equal that. Our kids are just going to go through stuff. My kids go through stuff yeah. and it's not about me. Yeah. It's about yeah. them. Yeah. And what matters most is how you respond, not react, how you respond. I love it. And we give them the support they need. We, we check in with ourselves, make sure we're not making it about us, right? And that sounds like exactly what you did. And everything that happens to us is an opportunity for us to learn, to grow. It's not happening, you know, we hear these things, right? But when, but at its most basic level, it isn't happening to you, it is happening for you. Yeah. And I always say to, to parents, you know, when, when they're talking about what their kids are going through or what they're going through, you know, it, 
if it is happening, it's supposed to be happening. So it just is. And we can be at war with what is, or we can accept what is and do the next best thing. Can you, can you right? elaborate from your tool set a little bit? Because I feel like the piece, um, the piece of me, like, and I'm going to fully admit for three weeks, I took it a hundred percent personal. Like I was like, how did this happen? I literally did everything. Like I wrote a book like about how to prevent this. Right. Like, so I, I did take it personally for a hot moment, but then I got over it um, (laughs) and understood it wasn't about me. Um, And I can now see how easy it is to get stuck in it being about us. Um, I can see that more um, around me. So what are some tools that you have for women, because I think it's, I think it's real. you know, I just, I think even of like, you know, the younger kid and they're, they're having a tantrum in the grocery store because they've had a long day and it's hard to be in a grocery yeah. store for most, you know, humans, much less a kid. And so they're crying and we're like, Shh, it's okay. You know, like, but it's not okay. Like they, you know, we're, we're, it's, they're needing space to have a tantrum. Um, mm-hmm. So how do we make that not about us? Like, what are some of your tools for sort of helping someone move to the other side of that? Yeah. Literally one of the the things that I say all the time is it's never about you. It's never about you. Right. And so that's that brain piece too, is understanding, okay, where is my child in their brain right now? Our kids come to us without a fully grown brain. It will not be fully grown until mid twenties, mid to late twenties even. And what we need to understand is that when our kids are little up until the age of seven, they're living in their emotional brain. So we can, we, we can understand that our kids need to just let their feelings out. And yes, they're going to do it in front of your mother-in-law. They're going to do it in front of your best friend who is the perfect mother or, you know, air quotes. Um, (laughs) And there's no such thing as a perfect mother, but whatever, you know what I mean? And then also, um, you know, in front of your boss, in front of a bunch of strangers, uh, in Target, all of those things, right? They're going to do all of that. (laughs) Yeah, they're going, they're going to do it all. And here is what we have to really check in about. First of all, we have to understand the brain science, right? At that age, they can't understand, deal with, or articulate their feelings, right? For us, we have to decide and note first notice the story that we're telling ourselves about this moment. We always have an internal dialogue going on, right? Like, oh, great. Or this kid is the worst. And it's not nice. So I'm, that's why we say this kid is the worst. Or I can't believe you are embarrassing me like this. Or one of my limiting beliefs at the beginning when I started this was you ruin everything. That was my thought about my oldest child. You ruin everything. And here's the problem with that. First of all, that was a thought that came into my head that just came in. But I was like, ooh, that fits. So then I attached to that, right? I'm like, oh, let's keep that one because that one, like, that feels good, right? That feels like that's true. But our brain goes in search of proving it to be true for us once we decide that it's true. So now we're thinking it over and over and over again. And that becomes a neural pathway. So every time I start to feel stressed and upset and uh, scared, frustrated, all those things, boom, I go to that neural pathway that says you ruin everything. See, there's another, there's another example of how you ruin everything. 
But what that costs me, and that's really what we have to look at, it's costing me my connection, it's costing me my joy, you know, not being able to enjoy moments, it's costing me um, the ability to connect with my child, I'm stressed, I'm unhappy, all those things, right? And so much more, my confidence as a mom. Yeah. Right. And so it's about saying, okay, I don't want to show up like that. That that price is too high for a child who, when I know the facts, is just trying their best. They're just acting their age. Yeah. For me to go back and say, okay, we can work this out. That's what I did for myself. That was my new belief. I had my old belief, which was that you ruin everything. My new belief was we can work this out. Even saying that now, you know, and and I use this example a lot, it makes me feel more confident. I sort of sit back, my shoulders are more square. I'm like, no, I got this. I'm the I'm the I'm the mom here. Like, I got this. I can do this. And the thing is, is that actually when you're faced with a big meltdown, when you start to spiral, you lose your ability to problem solve yourself. So for us to say, okay, this isn't personal, my child is in their own bubble. I, I like to use that sort of analogy, a bubble of their own feelings and needs swarming all over them. They're tired. They're hungry. They're overstimulated. They want a thing that they can't have. So they're got to know. They don't understand why this big world of giants that I'm living in, nobody ever lets me do anything that I want, right? And and that's where they're living. They're not trying to get at you, right? And then you're in your own bubble of your own feelings and needs and perceptions and hurts and worries and fears, right? And then we just miss the mark. We miss, we go to communicate with our child and we're we're saying the wrong stuff. We're, we're, We're saying, use your words, get over it. Will you just stop it right now, right? And they're just asking for help. They're saying, mom, I need your help or dad, I need your help to calm down because I can't, I don't have it. And so actually the antidote to a huge meltdown oftentimes is to accept it. And to say, yes, of course you need to cry right now, my love. Of course you do. And you come here and cry with mommy because I've got you. Yeah. Right? That's the solution. And I'm telling you, toddler to teen, it works. A hundred percent. That And actually that was, I love that you just explained it that way because that was literally my experience last year. Mm. And uh, I always explain it as like, I just had to get really good at getting calm so she could borrow my nervous system basically. get through whatever she was going through and it happened everywhere right it happened definitely happened in front of my mother and my mother-in-law and you know it happened in all the places that I you know didn't want it to happen in (laughs) on a client you know it happened all the time um and the more I just focused on what I needed to do to be present and get myself calm. Cause I, I find that if you can actually be present, like you're just calm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing how that just gave her permission. And one of the things I had to focus on, it's funny. I had to focus on just not saying anything. Like that was my thing. It was like, if I can just yeah. not have words right now, I know that that will like transform the converse, the, the situation faster. Um, and it was, it was an amazing learning opportunity. I mean, it was, it was the most beautiful year. It was the hardest and most like amazing eight months ever. 
Well, what you just said that you let her borrow your nervous system, that really is what you did. Yeah. You know, you our kids co-regulate off of us and we have mirror neurons in our brains, right? And so she could be like, you know, hyperventilating, upset, upset, upset. And then you could get upset like that too, right? It's so easy to do. But it's like so, so easy to do. But, but actually, if you start to breathe slowly and deeply, she will model that instead. And maybe not instantly, but just being there, giving her, that's what really holding space is. Like I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the space to feel what you need to feel. I am here to bear witness to your pain and without judgment, without criticism, with nothing but love and radical acceptance of you. You know, and in that moment, it's not the time to teach. It's not the time to try to change. It's just like, I just need to be here for you, love. Because kids that are like that, they're in turmoil. Yeah. They need help. Yeah. You know, they need something. And as as their parents, that's what we're there for. We just got to put our stuff aside, yeah. which again, isn't easy to do. And that's why it's okay to get help yeah. because we need help. Yeah. You know, yeah. we all have blind spots too that we just can't see. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I so, like totally like got all the help possible last year, but for me, yeah, which was yeah. surprising to me, it was a surprising reaction because I thought at the beginning that what I was doing was getting help for a child. But in the end, it was like, how do, how do we get supported? Which brings me to the, uh, the topic of, of self-care a little bit. Because I feel like everything that we're talking about, and I'm so passionate about mothers um, making time for themselves. And this is why, because like every time someone's like, oh, but I can't do that because I have to do this for this kid and this for that kid. It's like, great. I want you to like do all the things you want to do for your kid. But then when something goes wrong, which it always does at some point for some small, even if it's just a small thing, I wish last year on nobody else, but like even little things, Mm -hmm. it's so much easier for us to go into that reactive mode because we're not, we haven't taken care of ourselves. It is number one for managing our anger our frustration, our fear in parenting is to take care of herself. That is the number one way that we manage that. And, you know, I, I like to compare it to childcare. Would you pay to have somebody who was burnt out, <laughs> who had a, you know, uh, a, a, a easily triggered, uh, exhausted, tuned your kids out often, uh, you know, just, you know, brush them off, whatever, whatever it is that you do, right, to with your kids when you are so stressed, not listen to them, whatever, like, would you choose that person to, to, to care for your kids? No, you'd be like, hey, lady, you need like a spa day, or you need a day off, right? So why, why don't we say that to ourselves? Like, it is the most important thing that we can do for our family is to make sure we're okay. Let's be honest, as moms, we set the tone for our home. Homes. We set the tone. So we better be taking care of ourselves. I, we better. I love that the example you just gave was that the person should go take the day <laughs> off because I'm like, that's the thing I think that we really don't ever let ourselves do is like have oh. that hour off for the. I mean, imagine, imagine if every mom took a day off every so often. Like it would be. So yeah. Different. My favorite thing is to have a nap. That is my like most delicious. <laughs> thing that I can do is to have a nap. I love it so much. And I do it. 
I love it. And everybody knows it. I love it. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go lie down. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So yeah. is there anything that we've missed? And then I want you to tell everybody how to get a hold of you. But yeah. Um, I you know, I just, of wisdom. thank you. And I, I think, you know, I would just, you know, to say what I already said, it's never personal. Your child's behavior is never personal. Parenting is not an emergency. We can slow down. Ooh, I love we that. can Parenting slow down. Not an emergency. Yeah, it isn't. You know, yes, there's times where there's blood. That's an emergency. You know, we've been to the hospital too for our kids, you know, but it just isn't. And so you can take a moment to respond instead of react. You could take a moment to notice that story, to ask yourself, do I even need to say anything, right? So it's not personal. It's not an emergency. And it's okay to say, I'm struggling and I need help. It's okay to say that you don't know it. There's no should in parenting. You should you you shouldn't know all of this. This is a lot. You've got to wear so many different hats as a parent and we're just winging it most of the time. And I want parents to have relationships with their kids that last a lifetime because it feels good, right? This is all because it feels good to be connected. It's the happiest I feel when I know I'm connected to my boys and my husband. Like it's the best thing that I feel, Yeah. right? It makes us happy and we have a right to joy. So, you know, I, and I know a lot of adults who do not have good relationships with their parents if they're still alive. Yeah. And that's a shame. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be yeah. that way going forward. It doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. So, um, so if people do want to find me, my my website is parentingforconnection.com, not not the number four, F-O-R. So parenting for connection, and you'll find my podcast on there. But I also do have a guide that people can download if they want to on how to turn a no into cooperation. So basically Ooh, how to I take resistance that. that yes, that when you're faced with resistance from your child, how to turn that into cooperation. And you can go to triggerfreeparents.com for that. Triggerfree parents. Okay. And we will put all of that in the show notes. So thank you thank so, you. so much. And I feel like the thing that you said more than once was that part of slowing down. And I will tell everyone listening as well that that's the thing. Like, that's the reason I said no to sports. It was about that quality mm. of slowing down. Like I, I just I, intuitively, I knew that that's what was important right now as yeah. being a mom. And that is what every mentor made me do even more. Like, I mean, literally my whole work is about helping people slow down. And that is what I had mm. to do. Like in the most uncomfortable way, like yeah. so slow in that year where a kid was suffering, where my kid was really suffering, like so uncomfortably. So I, I can't even explain yeah. it. Like just slow down, like so much more than I even thought was possible. And I've never like had so many amazing things happen. Um, mm. Like, like just so, so much happened from that. So, and, and so many more things like I, like in hindsight, so much more happened than ever happened when I was like, go, go, going. So for anyone who's looking for permission to slow down, like I can say, like, if I, if I did that for you, I did that for you. Like, so it's so mm. it, it works, it works miracles to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that is beautiful. 
that's re- I really, really such a great thing for people to hear because it just goes against everything that everything we're, told. we're programmed for. Yeah. yeah, so crazy. So slow down. All right. Well, thank slow you down. so much, Robin. I, it was so great to have this conversation with you here today. Oh, it's so nice to talk to you again. Thank you. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes. So you can take what you've heard and put them into action because action is where real change happens. And here's the thing about action. It doesn't have to be huge. And sometimes we're craving big change so much that we make that mean that the action we have to take has to be monumental. And that feels so hard that then we just stay in the same place spinning. So I want to inspire you to just take some little action, some doable changes. And so in every conversation, we pick three of those that you might choose one from. I invite you to just choose one and really lean into it, make it yours, make it work in your world, test it out, really take those little steps around it for like five minutes a day. And then move on to the next one. And what happens is you end up stacking this amazing toolkit of habits and things you now remember to do and inclinations that you follow through on. And you have this whole arsenal of things that you can pull from. And it truly is amazing. So here are three doable changes from my chat with Robin. And they're all good, but again, pick the one that resonates most right now. Jot down the others and come back to them next week or the week after, all right? Okay, here's doable change number one. Slow your breath. When your kid is upset, try sitting with them and getting quiet. Slow and deepen your breath. They will probably start to follow your breath without guidance, So this is not about nagging them and saying, come on, deep breath, which I can promise you I have done from time to time, but this way I promise is so impactful. And sit there and breathe, and you're basically giving them space to just feel their feelings, which is so empowering. All right? Slow your breath. Who knew? Okay, number two. Remind yourself it's not about you. When our child has challenging behavior or is struggling with something, it's so easy to take it personally, right? Why are they embarrassing me? Why won't they cooperate? Remember, it's not about you. Ask what your child needs in the moment. Do they need connection? Do they need to calm down? Do they need to feel heard? And just to clarify, you're not asking them. You're asking yourself. You're asking that wise voice that is within you what it is that they need in that moment. Okay? So good. So again, if either of these two resonate, slowing your breath, reminding yourself it's not about you, the way that you might put those into action is just simply create little reminders on a post-it, on your phone, And just pause throughout a day and remember these things, okay? Here's the third one that you can also do that with too. Take a break. Take a day off. Take a nap. Schedule the time and ask for help. If you can't do it for yourself at first, do it for your kids. 
because making sure that you are okay is the most important thing you can do for your family. Notice how you feel when you've taken care of your needs. It's so hard. This is one that it's so hard to intellectualize. It's so hard to take action on when we're just talking about it. So it's really important. This is a really great doable change to actually do so that you can really see how taking care of you impacts all the people you love. All right, you all. These are three amazing doable changes. Choose one. And I can't wait to hear which one it is, actually. We'll be talking about this a bit over on Instagram this week. So come check that out at plansimple.co. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five-minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day.